welcome to Asking Eve, the regular podcast brought to you by Emily and Lara, the mother-daughter duo behind Advancing Eve. Our podcast series will bring you a variety of conversations with girls and women who are just like us and you, making their way through life. We hope you enjoy. So if I can ask everybody to have a give a round of applause for Suzanne, please. Before I start speaking, that's lovely. Yes, because you're awesome. Don't, don't you think she has the most perfectly visually merchandised bookcase behind? <laughs> I, I do a lot of these now. So I have to say, this is like my one place that I sort of sit and and it sort of works and I can set it up in about four minutes. So um, the first couple of times I did it, you know, I had like in the kitchen with laundry behind me and God knows what. Now I've got it sort of like down to a tea after months of sort of being at home perfectly set up so yes the batch lady uh, I mean you are have book deals you have amazing online content you're about to get your your merch range you know there there's just loads that that you're doing in a short space of time um and like I said to you when we had our little intro chat a lot of people who were on the call tonight had said to me oh my god I, I you know I love her I follow her on Facebook so it sounds you know social media influencer and you're based in the Scottish border so the two just 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 don't seem to kind of marry up at all in, in theory so uh, tell us a bit about about your journey I suppose uh, you know what what was life like for you before the batch lady was born <laughs> Okay, well, uh, firstly, I'd like to say thank you. What an amazing introduction. But I have to say, um, I uh, I never sort of see myself like that. Do you know, it's funny because um, people are always saying, oh, you know, you're really successful now. And actually, I've shown you what I've done today. It's probably exactly what you ladies did. There was no difference at all. You know, I spent a few hours in the office. I took the kids to school, walked the dogs, made the dinner. Like, you know, literally li- li- living the same life. And I think living in the Scottish border is sort of like, ground you very well for all that stuff you're never going to get a big head so but thank you that was a lovely introduction. um yeah so um but yeah so before that so I am 45 years old and um before the birth of Batch Lady I I went to university at Aberdeen so I was born in West Lothian and um went to school there went to university in Aberdeen where I studied business and entrepreneurship and um I studied that because, well, I actually started studying geography at first because I'm really dyslexic and I didn't think I'd ever get into uni. So I knew that I could get into geography because I always got an A. So I basically got into, ge- I got into study geography and then after a year switched courses, which is what I'd always recommend to anybody who <laughs> wants to get into uni and the grades for their course. Um, and I'd always been sort of really interested in, um, like when I was 14, I had a car washing business. Um, and then I did this Heather jewellery business when I was like 18 and sold jewellery. So I was really, I don't know why, but I've always been quite into having a business. And um, when I finished university, I needed a job um, and I started looking about in fourth year and I ended up working for a multinational company in pharmaceuticals down in London and um, sort of worked my way through management programmes and various other things and did um training management of on showing people how to time manage their lives who worked from home so that was one of my main final sort of roles and partly because when I was studying entrepreneurship I did um a course called time management that just 
stuck with me. I just thought, this is perfect. This is me. I'm a really organized person. I love looking at how you can take the mundane things that we all do in life and sink them into a much shorter amount of time so that you've got more time for the fun stuff, basically. Um, and I did that until I had my son 14 years ago. And we have always had family farms in the borders. So we moved to the borders when he was born. And then I just was, well, I say just was, I was an at-home mummy running the farm, running holiday cottages, all the other things that you do when you run farms. And um, and then a few years ago, I, and basically then decided a few years ago that I needed something else and I wanted a different path. Um, so on that comes batch cooking, which is when my son was born, I realized that actually, I, I actually don't like cooking. Now, my publishers tell me I should never tell anybody that because I produce cookery books. I produce cookery books that show you how to do it in a short period of time because I don't particularly like doing it. And I do it every single night. So um, yeah, it's just, Lara will confirm. I mean, just trying to decide what to have for tea and, and that whole process of cooking tea is the bane of my life as well. Every Christmas holiday, I do a 365 day meal plan because I just hate it. So you and I, we're rich like soulmates. I remember you telling me that and I love that. I mean, um, yeah, I don't get me wrong. If I was allowed to like, you know, if I had time on a Saturday and I was baking something, I'd love it because it's like relaxing and it's nice. But the mundane day to day of getting dinner on the table is not what I want to do. And unfortunately, we all have to do it. It doesn't matter if you're a student, if you're a mum, if you're a whoever, we're all making dinner at night. So um, I had gotten to sort of batch cooking as many of us have done when kids were like weaning and on this baby food sort of thing. And then I thought, I'm just going to get into it for meals as well. I followed um, a few American batch cookers on YouTube. And then I sort of realized that they weren't doing things that we necessarily want to eat in Britain. Um, and then it was actually three years ago, standing in Melrose with a bunch of school mummies at the school gates and somebody saying to me, will you just please show us how you always know what you're having for dinner every night? And um, a friend of mine had cancer and we were raising money for cancer, um, for breast cancer research. And I said, fine, I'll have a 20 mums round. So 20 Borders mums came to the house. I showed them how to do 10 meals in an hour. And somebody said to put it on YouTube. And the batch lady was born. That was how it sort of started. So, so I think that it's really interesting and commendable that you're quite open about not having a passion for cooking, because I think that that will help people um, connect, make a connection with you. You know, you look at all of these people. Like, I just love listening to Nigella just because she sounds so awesome when she talks about food. But I could never. I know she was she was double toasting toast the other week. I think. I mean, who has time to double toast toast? Uh, I mean, it sounded awesome, but um, yeah. And and that whole um, it is such a chore, isn't it? So within your household, and and has it been? you're have you have you sort of identified is it still the majority of of women that are kind of left with that role of, of getting the tea on the table or is it just my house <laughs> well um do you know it's funny because um when we spoke about this before um i i sort of thought i have to watch not get myself into hot water here and i tell you why i spend a lot of time in london now doing because my publishers and my agents and everything are in london and I sometimes tell them a story and they pick me up instantly and say, oh my God, that's not the case these days. If I say, 
or I asked my husband to look after the kids. What do you mean you asked your husband to look after the kids? Of course, he, he's their father. He should automatically, like, where I, I think in the Scottish borders, it might just be me, but I'm still living a life where my husband's out at work. I'm working too, but I am also cooking dinner, walking the dog, sweeping the floor, all at the same time. That's just what we do, I think, where I do think further down south, it is a bit more nowadays that, if there's two workers in the household, then the chores are split. And quite a lot of the guys that I know from publishing are going home to pick up the kids and cook dinner. That just doesn't happen in my household. I'm <laughs> just, we're just a farming family and, and that's just what we do. Don't get me wrong, my husband's fab at doing other chores, but he's not, he's not going to opt to cook the dinner. And no, no. I'd be interested if some of the ladies on the chat who are, um, who have families if they would kind of confirm or otherwise let us know what the thoughts are because I do think that sometimes I know Emma and Linda both on the call are not from the Scottish borders I, I am and um, I don't always um, identify with that kind of let's call it tradition for for want of a better moment um, but you know I think that it maybe is, is, is much more pronounced here than, than in other places um, so yeah, so down south and in city environments, it's it's maybe seen as not quite the case anymore. Uh, but I am a lover for for reading books and that I'm reading the, um, the Invisible Woman, and, it, it, and there's a lot of research that does suggest that women do still take on the lion's share of that that unpaid work. Um, so talk to us about. So it's not about the love of cooking. Uh, it, there is the love of family there, obviously, but you know. How much time do you think that that you can save people if they if they kind of follow what you're recommending in your your books online and things? Um, okay, well, a, a good way to describe this is that I never expected to do a cookery book. So for everybody out there, well, when I started Batch Lady, I didn't necessarily see it as yeah, I didn't really see myself as doing cookery books, and even now I don't. It's a small part of a bigger project of Batch Lady. Um, it started with the cooking because that was one aspect of batching my time that I was doing. And that's what people asked to see at first. But actually I do, I, I batch everything. I mean, everything, I can't tell you, not just food. Like I take every mundane chore that I hate doing in life and think, how can I do it in a simpler sort of way? So for instance, um, I had to write some Christmas cards, not a lot, but I had to write some. So um, I wrote them like a month ago and just left them on the side with the stamps and everything. And I also knew who would give my kids um, Christmas presents, who always give them Christmas presents. So while I had the address book out, I just wrote, I just put an, a blank card in the envelope and wrote the address again with the stamp, just ready so that when my kids have to write thank you cards after Christmas, they're all sitting there already addressed. I'm not having to think about doing it. Um, I buy a lot of presents for the whole year. I batch sort of like my kids um, are at school and if they're in a class and it's, they're all the same age, I will buy the girls all the same present and I'll buy 12 of them on one trip to Tesco with some wrapping paper and 12 cheap cards out of a thing. And then I don't have to think about it. If she's going to a school party, she just grabs a present. I mean, so it's, to me, it's all about saving time on the mundane. It just happens that it started with the batch cooking. Um, but we are looking at, um, so I have a new book coming out this year on batch cooking again, um, but there's actually in the pipeline a batch your life sort of 
things starting, which we'll have lots more, not just about cooking, but about all mundane stuff from bill writing and keeping paperwork and all of that stuff. Gosh, so yeah, Batch Lady Batch's life then. So yeah, it's 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 all really about it's all about time management. That's what it's really about. How to do stuff in a shorter period of time. And yeah. the recipes are really just paired back. They're all frozen. So you can make them whenever you want. So um, for instance, we're just about to start bringing out a student. Um, we're doing student stuff over the summer next year. So how to batch if you're a student, how to batch with your flatmates and divide the cost. And, um, you know, it's a really cheap and easy way to eat. So, um, and I have to say, I eat like this all the time. You know, I batch food, throw it in the freezer. Um, tonight, I defrosted a chicken curry in, in some cold water in a in the sink and then it's it's sat in the aga just waiting for everybody to come in so you know I'm not cooking every single night and I love taking that aspect out of my life yes gosh I could uh, I can identify with that one then so um I mean it just sounds amazing that the kind of book deals that that you have uh, and best selling books as well which I think are you know I mean absolutely huge pat on the back to you um when it was all happening for you if it even has this happened, when did you go, oh my God, I'm, I'm ahead, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm big, I'm, I'm doing stuff, or has it not happened yet? <laughs> I don't think it does happen when you're, when you're an entrepreneur and you're doing your own business, you're always thinking of this next, what's the next thing, what's the next thing? Um, yes, don't get me wrong, so um, to give you a little prelude to the story basically I decided if I was going to do batch lady I was going to make it a business I thought this is my one and only time that I can now actually do a business because for a long time and a lot of you'll feel like this if you've got kids and you're starting a business you maybe felt the same which is like oh, I've missed the boat I always wanted to start a business but now I've got the kids have I missed it and um so I decided right I was going to do it I was going to call it the batch lady and actually do a website and everything before I launched it so before I even did my first video I'd sort of like started it off as a business um I gave myself a goal that I'd have two years doing it and if I got a book deal I would keep doing it and if I didn't get a book deal I would scrap the whole thing so I always had a massive goal in my head and people would laugh and say oh my god but actually if you have a massive goal you get there so I've, I would say to anybody starting their own business have a huge goal that people will think you're insane for and say you'll never manage to do that and and actually see if you never manage to get that goal you probably at least get halfway to that goal which is more than you would have got if you had a tiny little goal so um yes yeah, so I really wanted a book deal um and I just worked to work out how I got that. And I think probably the thing that made me think, okay, I've done this, is when I walked into HarperCollins um, and they're up beside the Shard in London and it's like the 20th floor. And I was going there and I thought I was going there to sell them my idea of the book. They'd already seen the synopsis and they'd seen various different videos that I had going on. And um, they took me into this room and I was really nervous. I was thinking that I was going to pitch myself. And the room was filled with Batch Lady oh. and t-shirts and, and they pitched to me how they were going to, what they were going to do for my brand. And See, for me, that would have been like, oh, I've made it. <laughs> that was, I mean, I like, it blew me away. I sort of like did that. Oh, as, well, you're really cool, but everybody only fools and horses. I sort of did that Del Boy moment where I walked slowly out of like, you know, this glass building and ran around the corner and went, 
completely went mad. Oh, that's uh, great. I mean, that must have just been, you must have had to just kind of give yourself a wee shake. It just must have been crazy. It was, it was States Because you've, you've got, you've been published in the States as well, a book deal in the States. Yeah, so what happened is they offered me a book deal for two books. And, um, and then... So I left there, but the money hadn't quite been sorted out. When you've got an agent, they go away and they all sort of sort it out. Um, and then I got a phone call the next day to say that they'd like to do a book deal with William Morrow, who are part of HarperCollins as well in the States, and a separate book deal, which was amazing because uh, you don't get cookery books published in the States. You know, Jamie Oliver isn't in the States. Like there's certain ones that just... Um, it's because of all the measurements being different, but because I make everything in American cups, it was very easy to change the things. So anyway, so we got a deal in the States as well. So, but um, actually now the book's all over. So it's Australia, Germany, it's everywhere apart from, yeah, it's, it's in tons of English speaking countries, which fantastic. is fantastic. And I, I have to keep coming back to this because this is why we did advancing you you're living in the scottish borders like I know. I know that you're not from the scottish borders but you're not that far away you, you know west lothian born and bred so um, you know we're going to take you as our own oh, and, and i've been here for a long time and our farms our family farms have been here for right, a but you're a borderer that's fine we've, we've got that and this is this is the thing like you know um I've listened to a lot of successful female entrepreneurs, but I've, ne I've never been able to relate to them because there are too many aspects of their life that are so different to my life that, you know, they just seem like super women and, you know, I'm not. But, you know, you're just from up down the road. You're talking about, you know, Melrose Primary School, which is where my kids went to. You're talking about juggling, you know, husbands and kids and houses and dogs and, you know, all of this sort of stuff. You're, it's so relatable. But at the same time, you can switch to saying, yeah, I'm published in the States and I'm published here and actually in every speak English speaking country in the world. I mean, it's just, it's my It is, it's, it's, it's bizarre. Um, it's bizarre, but, um, and I, I'll tell you something as well. When I came back from London, I went to the bookshop because I know Ros Delahaye in um, Main Street Trading. Yeah. Yeah. And I went to Ros and I did what tons of us who are female do. And I had that, horrible sort of imposter syndrome of they've told me that they've given me a book deal but what I hadn't actually thought my whole synopsis my whole fit of thinking was get a book deal get a book deal well I'm really dyslexic I then thought how the hell am I going to write a book and deliver on time you know and now and actually Roz said to me just write it like a Facebook post just yeah. so I spent about two weeks sitting in Roz's bookshop just starting to write and just sort of think thinking right all these books are around me I can do this but yeah, yeah. I was properly I was properly bricking it like I hadn't quite well, thought of actually writing a well, book at that point. Nice to hear that though you know because that, that's what we need to hear that everybody feels this trepidation and nervousness and self-doubt and, and everything but you have to kind of push forward, don't you? And, you know, and again, having that kind of that stretch goal, we, we've talked as a group about goal setting and, and everything and, and how you can have a bigger goal. And then, like you said, you can have smaller goals that will take you towards that. And that, you know, that's that that's the journey. There's yeah. so much, I've taken so many notes here. So there's so many things I want to kind of touch on. Um, and I'm glad that you brought the dyslexia back up again, because, you know, 
I think that to be a best-selling author and, and to, to have that to deal with as well is even more amazing. And, you know, that should be celebrated as well. I mean, do, do you feel that, um, is that something that you have to consider or do you have a support network around you to help with that? You know, how, do you, how do you manage that? No, I mean, I, I'm not, I mean, I'm not, um, I, mean, I mean, I just would never have been, a writer and I remember actually you know for any students who are watching this who's who may have faculty members turn around and say mm, you know I don't know how well you'll do or you know I got told at high school by one of my teachers that don't even apply to uni you'll never make it and, um, and actually do you know what I that woman was the best woman in my life because I thought straight away I'm going to go to university and I'm going to come back. And do you know what? After uni, I went back and did a chat at that school all about what I'd been in on a gap year in, in Africa. And uh, I, really just to sock it to that woman that oh, actually <laughs> people what they can't do in life. And actually lots of you guys who are starting your own business will hear that all the time. Three years ago when I started, I had so many people think I was nuts. Friends, family, really close people just going what are you doing what's this blog all about are you nuts what are you doing you have to realize your own vision and just go past it if you know what you're doing lots of people in the past keep saying to me but you're just giving free content how are you ever going to make money out of it you know your business you know how your own business works and um and I think just stick with it because I tell you what when it does work and you do well, they're the first people to come around and go, I oh, always knew it. Oh, I knew you would do that. Like, yeah, right. how, and how do you, how did you manage that, particularly when it was the, those that were nearest and dearest to you? Because family and friends can be so influential, can't they? And, and, and when you're in the early stages and you're not sure, it must be quite easy to kind of to veer off path or to say, oh, do you know what? I'm not going to. How did you? build that resolve and, and just keep going? I think you just keep yourself really busy in your own work so that you're almost sort of immersed in it, uh, immersed in it, sorry, and, um, and try not to listen. Honestly, uh, try not to, uh, don't get me wrong, some of my friends gave me the most, some of my friends who run businesses gave me the most amazing advice. Um, and I'll tell you about that in a minute because it was amazing. Um, but other people who were, more negative on are you sure you can do this people who like people who have known you and like you in your little box and and they they know you because you're in this box this is what you do and then you get out of your box to do something else well they don't like it it unnerves them they want you just to go back to the person that used to be and um and actually what I'm now telling people who say to me oh my god I didn't know you were like this is this was who I was before I had kids and was married and you know I used to be a business person I had a good job I went to uni and um people just only know you sometimes in a tiny little bit of your life and they don't know what the rest of your life was about mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah um I mean it is it is difficult sometimes I think just to to kind of stay on track and stay focused particularly in the year that we've just had when you know there's so much else to deal with um but it's definitely I hope that through Advance and Navy that we can create a safe place, a support mechanism whereby if you if you have do have aspirations, and again, it doesn't have to be entrepreneurial, that, that there's somebody there who can just say to you, just keep going, you know, you, you're doing all right and, you know, whatever. So, so that'd be and, great. Yeah, um, 
things like what you're doing, you know, like when you and I also joined Entrepreneur Scotland, you know, it's to surround yourself with other people who are like-minded individuals. And um, I surrounded myself with a lot of people who had their own company, who were successful, who could say to me, do this. One person said to me, who's very successful and writes magazines, said to me, whatever you do, don't copy anybody's recipe. You know, you see people online doing a Nigella recipe or a Jamie Oliver recipe, make your own recipes, copyright them, then they're yours. That was the only thing that ended up getting me my book deal is the fact that they were all my, it was all my own work. Um, Somebody else said to me, don't spend any money on marketing. Just wander around all the supermarkets and see what ready meals they're selling. Because they have they have spent millions marketing, working out those ideas of that people want gammon steak wrapped with a pineapple or whatever in Marks and Spencers. So many of you will see me around the Scottish borders with my telephone and I still do it every week. I'm like in Marks and Spencers and I just take a picture of every single ready meal. And that is how I decide what I'm going to make I buy all the I pick up all the free magazines from Lidl and Marks and Spencers and um, Tesco and I keep I've kept them for three years now there's a box in my office of January February March April so as soon like at the moment we're working on March recipes I'll just go to that box and think what did everybody do in the last three years in March it's pretty much same year on year so free you, you've even batched this process then haven't you <laughs> Yeah, honestly, anything that's, I sort of look at what people, all the big companies are doing and you can pretty much follow suit because you as a smaller business can turn around um, your ideas so much quicker. Yes. So they have to put their magazine out a month before that date. You know, so you'll see a, a foodie magazine come out a month before the actual month that it's due out. And, and you can actually have all your content online from yeah. that so. so that almost answers one of my questions was, um, do you feel pressure with book deals to come up with new content for books or for, for any of your other uh, channels? Um, so I'm guessing that you get a lot of inspiration from that. But then how do you then take a concept in a magazine and batchify it? Do you have to play around with recipes and say, right, well, I know that I can batch this part and I can you know, freeze that there. How does it work? Yeah, it's not really the recipes that I'm looking at in the magazine. It's more the sort of like, what's the what's going on that month? You know, is it Easter? Is it Valentine's? Is it that sort of thing? That I'll, I'll then take a general sort of look at it rather than the specific recipes. Mm -hmm. um, because recipes are really copyrighted and, and, and there's, there's, a, there's a process to follow for recipes. So um, it tends to sort of be, yeah, that I'll look at the concept of it more really. But um, God, yeah, I'm always under pressure. Like yeah. I am, I am like the worst. I, I just live on guilt all the time. I don't know if anybody else does. I think it's like a womanly thing. I'm just always guilty of something that I haven't done, no matter what I've what I've done. So, um, but I do feel under pressure. I do lots of other stuff. It's not just the book writing. So I write for the Sun newspaper every week on a Saturday that comes out, um, and so that column has to be done every week. Um, the thing that stops me feeling a lot of pressure is I always work. So I work a year in advance on the books. Mm -hmm. so, um, I have a new book coming out in March and then I have an audio book coming out in the summer that's already completed. Wow. Um, so I'm now working on 2022 work for the book. And um, in terms of like my sun columns and my social media, so my social media batch, so I run it two months. <laughs> of course. <laughs> 
so um so i sit down once a month um and basically hash out all the social media for whatever month i'm working on so at the moment i'm working on march of next year and that stops me feeling pressure because it allows me then if i want to have a day off that a bit of breathing space yeah. Yeah. so side note to lara who's hopefully listening we need to start um getting much more organized with advancing even batch everything <laughs> so lara and i have a monthly oh who's doing the newsletter it's you no i thought it was you <laughs> well she's listening she says <laughs> <laughs> Please make sure you are. Um, and so talk about the the whole content creation in this social media world, because, you know, we are women of a certain age. We're, we're, we're the same age. Uh, and how naturally did all of that come to you um, as a as a means of kind of channel distribution for you? And it, was there a lot of learning in that for to, to get to the point where you're at now? Uh, oh, wow. Yes. OK. So. When I started Batch Lady three years ago, I shared an email address with my husband that we'd had for 20 years, a joint email. I didn't have my own email address. And um, yeah, I was literally, I, could, I mean, I just had no interest in any technology and anything. And so that was my biggest stumbling block was actually, how am I going to produce this? How am I going to do this? And for anything I would now say, I mean, I think we're living in an amazing day and age, especially where we live in the borders and that we've got the internet. I mean, I cannot tell you, I Google everything. <laughs> I probably Google search 150 times a day, everything. You know, I learned how to do YouTube videos by watching how to do YouTube videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, everything that I've, I have learned is came from YouTube or Google. And I have a now, I've got a big poster in my office that says, you don't need to know, just Google it. And <laughs> I just think it's amazing. I mean, you think like, imagine starting a company 30 years ago without, without Google. Oh, I, I mean, my gosh. Um, so um, yeah, I had a lot of hurdles to get over and I still do. I mean, people often say to me, um, you know, production people in London are like, Oh, right. Um, do you need a crew for such and such? And I'm like, they just don't get it. I've, it's just a camera in my kitchen. <laughs> and, and it is your kitchen, isn't it? It's, oh, gosh, yes. It's my yeah. kitchen. I could walk you through if you wanted, but they're eating their dinner at the moment. And, but, and literally, do you just do you do it all on your own or, or do you have anybody helping you at all? Um, so, sorry, I do the videos on my own. I just um, have a camera on a tripod, I switch it on, and then I just edit it in iMovie. It's very easy. Um, and I mean, it's the most basic thing, honestly, there's no rocket science with this. Um, now, actually, um, three years in, I now have a full-time employee, which is amazing. Um, she's a borders girl, um, from farming family, and she is fantastic. So um, she is like a mini me because there's now just too much going on. So, um, so we sit down, she works from home as well. So we sit down like once a week and have proper sort of like, full on you know what we're going to do for this week what's going out and we'll divide up the chores and conquer so a bit like you and Lara with this so and that's actually been really nice now to have someone else but it is a bit of a weight on my shoulders because I now have a full salary that comes out every month that I have to then make money <laughs> money for yeah yeah I know what you mean though um you know there are two sides to that story and salary is a bit of a oh my goodness I'm responsible for somebody else but at the same time being a, an entrepreneur in any environment I think can be quite lonely but being a female entrepreneur in the Scottish borders I think is 
probably one of the, the the most the most lonely so having that somebody else just to bounce something off is is quite nice isn't it yeah it's great and actually I listen to a lot of podcasts um I don't know if anybody else does but I'm in the car a lot because I live in the Ettrick Valley so it's 30 minutes to school and back again and um so I listen to like Guy Ray if anybody knows Guy Ray how I built this is an amazing podcast and Holly Ducker as well does an amazing okay. podcast and it's all about basically people who have started their own but I mean people like Dyson and Bill Gates and um the people who, who have shoe and the person that has Zara and all those sort of things and um and they do a sort of 45 minute chat like this about how they sort of built up their company and I've taken tons of ideas and sort of stuff from that and one of the best things I ever took from somebody like Dyson the guy Dyson who made the Hoovers said you know look at what you're not good at what's the bits that you cannot do yourself that weigh on your shoulders all the time and you really struggle with and get somebody else to do them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best bit of advice that I have had because there are things that I, I cannot do my own finances. I just can't do my own books. My brain doesn't work very well with maths. Um, so I have somebody else do that. And then the things that stress me out the most um, and that I just don't like doing, I can now give to Nicola, who works for me. <laughs> we all need a Nicola. <laughs> so um, Siobhan is actually making one of your recipes right now. So Siobhan is on the call. So just really quickly, ladies, just pop a, a kind of yay in the chat. Um, have you watched uh, any of the content? Um, have you watched Suzanne online? Because you're so natural at it. You know, I, I watch you and I'm thinking, I can't believe that I know that woman and she just she's just oozes like it's just seamless I mean does it do you have to take a lot of takes to get it right or or how does it play out for you um so I just run it all in one video so I just start and I like to put in all the mistakes because I think that's how we that's yeah, how we yeah. I mean we have the three second rule of you drop it on the floor pick it out quick three seconds nobody knows <laughs> so um yeah I just I do it. I do. I've got a lot better now. For instance, if I was doing something and I mopped up and I had a glass here, I'll stop and then I'll say it again and then I'll just manage to cut that little bit out. Ah, yes, yes. I do the video, I edit the video and I never watch it because it makes me feel sick. It's a bit like listening to yourself on your answer phone. Can't, can't bear to watch myself back. So, really? never watch anything. Yeah. <laughs> Same, not. I mean, you just, you really are. It's, it, it's actually, I find it quite soothing to watch, but I, I'm quite into the whole time efficiency and everything as, as well. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm already sold. So, <laughs> um, okay. So I, one of my other little questions that I wanted to ask that was a wee bit off script. So apologise for that. Um, the concept of pitching. You mentioned that you thought you were going to have to pitch to the the crew in London. Have you had to pitch to anybody before, and how did that play out for you? if you have um yeah so I've pitched quite a lot actually so um I had to go in and pitch for Mulham, um which was a, a big meeting and sort of really sell myself um and I suppose with HarperCollins like now I'm pitching a new book that's not been sold to them yet so um so you know I'm doing that and I've also done a few tv things that have been pitched for that we're waiting to see how they're going so um yeah what would I say some play out great some not so great what I would say is be honest when you're pitching but also sell yourself big 
like sell sell yourself don't be embarrassed I think as women we often underplay what we can actually do but don't don't be like never be embarrassed just say I think this is going to go here this is how good it's going to be this is and also I play a lot of people off with others so when I went in to pitch for the book I'd already done a tv pilot show um that was a really small show um that had been piloted and may come to fruition at some point but I I sold them that tv show like you know oh my god yeah they're looking at channel four it's going to be amazing which we did have at the time it wasn't a lie we did have um, channel 4 interest and so I had an email that had a note of interest from channel 4 so I was like right gonna use this so even though it was tiny it was still it probably yeah. helped cement the fact that my agent had spoken to them and said she might have a channel 4 deal on the table so um so sell yourself big don't, don't lie but leverage <laughs> Well, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's an interesting one. And the reason I ask the question is I, um, I'm involved in a lot of conversations around why female entrepreneurship is, is so low in the UK compared to other developed nations. I mean, we're, we're, we're lag by, behind significantly. And I think the, the figure quoted, if female entrepreneurship in the UK was the same as other developed nations, there would be an extra £250 billion of value added to the UK economy. So there's, I'm involved in a lot of conversations and pitching always comes up and people are, there's two schools of thought. There's the, you've got to pitch like a man because that's the world that you live in. And then there's the other school that says, well, actually, why should we have to pitch like a man when we're not a man? We should be able to just do whatever we want to do, do as women. So I just wondered, you know, how, how you'd approached it. But I mean, it sounds like you were just so confident in, in yourself anyway that you maybe didn't even think of it like that. No, no, and well, now that you say it like that, in terms of that, like if you're pitching to Channel 4, like you're dealing with sort of like, you know, a board of men that are in their late 70s. Do you know, they're, they're, they're the type that will say, I'll just go and ask my wife if she does. <laughs> so, um, so it is different. Um, and I would say that, I mean, I would say that there is a lack of female entrepreneurs as well, but um, I, I never like to get too political because I don't know very much about it, if I'm being absolutely honest. But I do think that, for instance, I've been running this as a, it's a limited company now, it's three and a half years old, and I still get a lot of people say to me, how's your blog? Do you make any money? Where I never think they'd ask that if it was a man's business. It seems to just be that women, it's a bit more of a hobby, especially if you're a mum, it's sort of sometimes seen as a bit more of a hobby. Where um, it's a business. I'm running it as a fully fledged business. Absolutely. Oh no, I, I don't see you as yummy mummy. I see you as media mogul. Oh, thanks. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, last couple of questions and then I'll open it up to the ladies on the call if any of them have any questions. Um, highs and lows, if you had to kind of pick a, a couple of highs and a couple of lows over the last three years, what would they be? Um, okay, um, do you want highs? Or, I've, I've written a little thing here actually of highs and lows. Yeah. Do, you want, um, do you want lows or highs first? Uh, I think we'll have the lows first because we want to kind of start ending on a, on a high. <laughs> Okay, um, the lows would be, well, there's some general lows, which is, and you'll all do this if you're running businesses, which is that you have to self-motivate every day. 
And there's just some days that are just so hard to do that. I sat in the office for four hours a day and probably did 20 minutes worth of work. You know, it was a day that I should have just taken those four hours, put on Netflix, put the fire on and put my feet up and did the 20 minutes work at some other time. But you have days like that. So that's just the way it goes. So I think the lows, juggling kids, self-motivating yourself can be really tricky, those low days to get through. And that's where I find that business podcasts and things that sort of like, let me see what other people are doing in business are really sort of motivate me um missing out sometimes living in the borders is tricky i was supposed to be on channel five a month ago they cancelled the day before because they decided that actually just because of covid they would just use somebody from london it was easier than sort of organizing train travel and stuff so you know this a few things like that um my channel four is supposed to be on this channel four program and it's gone it's it's still in the ether, but it's disappeared because of COVID. So they're quite low. Um, my lowest point was actually when I said that I was going to write for The Sun and got the most awful hate mail for a long time. Um, and I was on a massive hate campaign for The Sun because I didn't realise that there was a massive hate campaign out there about the sun newspaper um i had been advised by my agent that it would be amazing for me and it has been amazing for me a million people by the by this newspaper so yeah i had a lot of hate campaign after that and i did lose about 500 followers but i gained about 30,000 followers after that so um and actually I still lots of people said you know stand down and don't do that newspaper um but actually I made that decision that that was a good business decision for me and um I don't buy any newspaper so it wasn't that I was you know it wasn't a personal decision and it's been a fantastic decision you know um without them I couldn't afford to employ a, an employee so mm-hmm. um, and it gives me great coverage and I'm really happy with it but at the time I hit rock bottom oh, I mean because like, when you get hate campaign if you can imagine from YouTube or Facebook or Instagram it's just really bad hate mail <laughs> it's not nice um, so did you manage that did did you did you say to someone else please look after those accounts and just get rid of all of that? Or did you have to actually manage it on your own? Um, I decide, so I never respond to negative messages. Mm-hmm. So I do if somebody's got a problem with a recipe, but if somebody writes, ew, yuck, that looks disgusting, you know, I'm just something, I don't know. I just don't respond. Yeah. Um, I find it the easiest way. Um, I don't take it personally. It's business. And I often think we live, you know, we're living in the Scottish borders and the lovely, well, some of you are in Edinburgh, but we're in a lovely place. And um, not everybody has this lovely, nice life. You know, there's some people just angry for other reasons and it just happens that they wrote to me about it. So that's how I justify negative social media. Ugh, right. So we'll move on to the highs. The highs. Oh, I must, can I tell you a quick funny story about a really low one? The day that I got my book deal in the lovely glass building, I was in the morning. I was down in London anyway. The reason they said to me, when are you next in London? And that's fine, we'll book on the same day. I was down in London because I was going on to the BBC radio station to talk about batch cooking and have somebody, there was a few people in different kitchens around the country batch cooking and I was being interviewed for an hour on live radio. And um, so I was staying beside the radio station and they put me up in this really swanky hotel and they put me on the top floor in this huge suite that had a big glass sort of um, bathroom and this beautiful glass shower, all state of the art. And I woke up in the morning, went into the shower, closed the shower door and got stuck in the bloody shower. 
I was, I couldn't get it open, it stuck closed. I was supposed to be on the radio live. I was then going to Harper Collins to sort of like pitch my deal. It was the biggest day of my life. And worse than that, in front of me was a huge six foot mirror. So I was just watching my panic myself <laughs> trying to get out of a shower. How did you get out of the shower? I, 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 it took me an hour and 10 minutes to scrape my way with fingernails oh, no. to get the glass door open. And I got to the radio, thank God it was radio and not TV, because I was like, <laughs> hair stuck to myself. Um, so that was did you, did you tell the cool London people that you were that you'd been stuck in the shower, or did you just let? <laughs> this, I mean, that happened three years ago, and I now can't shut a shower door. I like properly have a panic attack if I have to shut the shower door. So I just, if I ever cut stay in any of your houses, I'm just going to, I'll just soak the bathroom. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, you need to. Be, did you blog about that? Have you written that into any of your? I didn't, but at some point, I, I definitely absolutely, did. yeah, yeah. When you get your memoirs, you know that can be uh, one of these early days stories. <laughs> have a, a high and a low on the exact same day, actually. So. Yes, yes, very nice. Um, so, um, um, have you done your highs? Because I've got a question coming from from Shona, but I'll, I wanted to just make sure you've finished with your highs. Getting my book deal, getting into America. Oh, the biggest high was getting a Sunday Times bestseller award. Which I mean, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> On my bathroom wall, so that's my that's my one claim to fame that I can. The red opposite the shower cubicle, just in case or not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a Sunday Times bestseller. It's just awesome. It really, really is, and you know, huge congratulations to you. And oh. I, I mean, that is that has absolutely got to be up there. I mean, you know, Sun and the Sunday Times, you've got every base covered. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, but, um, I have a new book out in March, but the pressure is to get that one on the Sunday Times bestseller. So fingers crossed. We'll all be buying at least ten each. So yeah. <laughs> uh, so Shona had asked, uh, "What next? What What are your aspirations? Where else can you go? What else do you want to do?" Um. Okay. So probably like lots of you who are starting businesses or running businesses, is I have days where I think I've had enough. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> and then days where I think, right, the world's my oyster. What's the next thing? Um, so I do have a new book coming out. I've got an audio book coming out. So that's next year. Um, I've got another book that I've been writing that I'm just trying to sell to HarperCollins at the moment because I'm what's called out of contract. We've done our contract deal. So we're just starting a new contract. Um, I, my new, I just launched a new website that's like all singing, all that, like really expensive website that I've put a lot of money into. And I'm, I have it with an Amazon shop. So the plan is now to actually have my own merchandise as well. So never gone into that. So I'm probably going to ask tons of people in the borders who sell goods online. How do I start doing this? So I think merchandise is probably one of the next sort of thing. Oh, well, we should have a chat because we want to do merchandise for Advancing Eve as well. So we're about to embark on that journey. So the, any learning that we can share between each other would be handy. Yeah. Although, you know, we're we're very, very, very far behind you on the If I can sell a water bottle, I'll be quite happy. <laughs> um, okay, so, I mean, thank you so much again uh, for taking time to tell us about your story. I mean, I'm inspired by you and I'm, you know, I hope that 
all or some of the ladies on the call are as well. And whether they want to start a business or not, I think you, there are so many elements to your story that, that would resonate. Uh, I'll just open it up for questions if you've, if you've got time. Um, Dan, does, does anybody have any questions that they'd like to ask or pop in the chat and I shall read them out? I haven't got a question, but I've got a comment with regards to the Google. It's, it's also a funny story. I was in a tribunal case and um, one of the lawyers in the next door a chamber came running into where the, uh, where the complainant room was and um, was on her phone working away. And then she looked up and she went, thank God for Google and ran back into the tribunal. <laughs> She'd found the case that she was looking for. You know? <laughs> oh, <wait>. oh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm finding that funny or slightly worrying. <laughs> All the answers are on Google. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, does anyone have any, anything they'd like to ask? I have a question. I'm sorry, I don't have a video because my kitten stepped on my keyboard. <laughs> I don't know what he did. He's super cute. And I'm not gonna like, you know, hold it against him. Oh, quite right. <laughs> but, That's a good your mess as well, Maria. <laughs> but it yeah, he's he's done that. So I have a question. I um I do follow uh Suzanne and um but I never looked so much into the like background. And so I always assumed that it was a uh, a passion project that turned into a hobby. And now I kind of see that it was always planned as a business. And I'm just I'm just wondering, is there a hope for us people who just started a hobby and want to turn it into the business without thinking first of it as a business, if that makes sense? Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. And I think that um, a lot of female entrepreneurs suffer from that whole hobby business um, label. So I think I understand because Suzanne said that she made that decision that it was going to be a business from the yeah. yeah, Yeah, I know. And she said she, she made a, like a website and everything, like everything was ready before she even recorded a, a you know, the, the, the first, um, the first video. And uh, uh I uh, I did have several businesses in mind before the business I have now, and I always approached it the same uh, as Suzanne, mm -hmm. and it never leaded to anything. And then I had this, you know, I started something that I really liked, and then the COVID hit, and I had, um, you know, I had to think on my feet and turn it into COVID-friendly uh, something and uh, but I still thought that it, you know that it was like a, a passion business go ahead but now I feel like I should have thought about it more like a business to start with so is there uh, is it just um, like it's a bit like about when when they, when they talk about artists and they say like you should have you know you should study or or you, you know amateur artist is, is is not the same and I always thought, oh, you know, business is like, I can always be an amateur, you know, business person. But now I see Suzanne actually start, you know, studied business and uh, eventually ended up doing business. So am I actually barking the wrong tree? Maybe I should just, you know, no. just uh, paint my pictures and <laughs> stay oh. quiet. Oh, no, 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 no. Suzanne, <laughs> I'll let you kind of respond to that one. Yeah, if I, if I could jump in and say that... Um, so although I said I was going to start it as a business, which I was, I was just at the stage where basically 
I either needed to go back to work or start or start a business just the stage in life my kids were older I needed to do so I was getting bored in the house I wanted to do something um but one of the things was it's my absolute passion cooking is not my passion that's the difference it's not that cooking is not my passion the time management aspect of batching is my passion and I think that you, out of anything else you need to start a business, it's to be passionate about what you're actually doing because it's too hard otherwise. Mm-hmm. If you're not passionate about it, it's really hard to do. And, and there are days where, you know, I get up at five and go to bed at one in the morning. And if you weren't passionate about it, you just couldn't do that. So, um, so passion 100% wins over any business acumen. And actually, I'm 45 and I went to uni when I was 18 so can't actually remember much about it that's why I'm googling everything (laughs) so I don't think I remember too much about what I actually studied when I studied business I think you literally just have to go for it yeah yeah I'm so glad that you said that because I was you know I would have said the exact same thing if you don't have that passion really it's nothing it's just process isn't it and on being an entrepreneur or, or starting your own business because of the aforementioned ups and downs and everything, you need something that drives you. You need that stretch goal and that that real desire. And that can only really come from passion. And that's why when people, when I speak to younger people and they say things like, oh, I want to be a famous YouTuber or I want to earn loads of money. Like, well, th- those are, they're, you know, they're, you're not going to achieve that because that's not actually being driven by a passion. And, and that's what's so important. Um, so yeah, thank goodness you said that. <laughs> I've got a question and I, I, I've just launched a business and, um, um, and I'm loving it and I'm really passionate about it, but it's literally me and a kitchen table. And the thing I struggle with most is time management and just I just feel overwhelmed really by everything that I want to achieve. I feel full of ideas and, and really ambitious about what I want it to be. Um, and um, I'm, I'm making progress um, and it's an online um, website uh, for home and lifestyle goods. Um, but it's, I think it's just for me, I need to know how to be better at time management and how I can plan better to, to be more, to, to, which is what you're talking about. Your, your new um, book is, is to do with, but in terms of, being an entrepreneur is there anywhere that you'd recommend I'd go to or, or any sort of particular books or podcasts to learn to be better at time management there, no there is a good one and um I will send it in an email if that's okay because I'll have to go and find it but there is a good one that I listen to there's a lot of things that I do as well that are very time management structured for working at home so for instance by the time I, get, I leave for the school run at 7.30 and I get home at like sort of like 20 to 9, I don't start work until quarter to 10 every day. So I have that little amount of time that I do what we all do as mums, you know, make the beds, flush the loos, like walk the dog, all that sort of like stuff. So that when I sit down in my office, I, that's it. I have then, I, I cut work and home life very separately so that I then sit down and I am in the office and then I won't ever, like I might stop for lunch and put a washing on, but I won't, I will try to work that day. You know, I'll I'll work out how many hours I'm doing and I sort of really focus at that. And then I would also 
say to you is, which has really helped me, because I'm the same as you, I'm like, you know, got all these ideas and goals and things I want to do, is I sort of scribble them all down and scribble the things that have to be done. And then I sort of look at them in time wise, what needs to be done first? How, what, what actually is the process for like what needs done tomorrow? What can be done next week? What can be done the week after? Even in terms of ideas, I might have an amazing idea just now, but that idea can't really come to fruition until this or this or this has been done. So I think putting time into it and thinking what needs done when, what's the most important to the least important and straight away you've structured those ideas. You know, you, yeah. you, you know what ones you're working on first, so it's not about what ones you want to do, what are the fun ones, which we all want to do and not do the least fun ones. It's about what actually is in the process of needs done first. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. I think I think one of the things I was really surprised about that you said was that you work two months in advance when you're sort of working out what you want your content to be for your for your blog or um, you know what the conversations are and I think it's that kind of forward planning but also just realizing it's not just marketing forward planning it's like everything to do with building a business needs so much detailed insight and forward planning and 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 I and I do make lists but I think you said something quite relevant that I, I need to sort of I suppose not beat myself if I've got a fantastic idea but I know I can't create it can't make it happen straight away and that it's okay to say that can happen in a month or two months or three months but to kind of batch like you say to put it a place and a time to put structure on it so that's really helpful but if there's any book or podcast on time management that from an entrepreneur's perspective that would be useful too yeah that's great I'll try to find one that I was using yeah thank you oh by the way I did actually um come and see you live um at at, um St Boswell's Town Hall yeah and I absolutely loved um loved your presentation and your cooking on stage but I was amazed you have such an aura and your presentation skills are amazing and and you look so relaxed and confident when you're on stage and I've realized through doing one of the um advancing eve workshops um which is to do with pitching um, that where I have to video myself even for one minute, I find it excruciating. And, and um, you know, my, my strengths are kind of creative ideas in my head and, and sort of things that I'm doing um, in product and, and the website. But I, I think you've got such a, uh, an amazing presence um, as well as kind of like that. It's so nice to have you know, sort of, I suppose, uh, from being a mother and a, you know, juggling all the balls that you kind of just are so honest and put it out there and just say you know you can do it all and and just batch batch it and sort of make the cooking happen so yeah I loved I loved going to that I was I was in the queue at the end wanting to buy a couple of bits I was just like oh this is amazing thank you very much that's really kind of you thanks Emma that was really lovely of you to share that I think that's a really really nice story uh, for us to end on actually if if no one has any further questions I don't think we do nothing in the chat and no one's jumping on screen so um all that really remains then is for me to say again thank you so so much I mean you want to let us know all of your web address and your 
well, um, yeah, well, thank you very much for having me. And um, I'm very easy to find on social media. So my website is www.thebatchlady.com. You can find me on Instagram on at the Batch Lady, on Twitter at the Batch Lady. And is there a theme going here? Can you tell why I chose the name at the Batch Lady? Because they had all of them available on all the different channels. So um, basically type in at the Batch Lady and you'll find me on every social media. Yeah. That's so we'll, if we don't already, we're all going to go off and follow you and buy your books and have it sitting on our bookshelves and go, we know that, we know her. <laughs> and I'm happy to do um, any book signings. Quite often when I'm dropping the kids off at school, people meet me in the car park and ask me to do book signings. So I can do that, no problem. You can just message me and I'll on Instagram and I'll sign your book for you. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much for having me, guys. Oh, I'm, thank I'm you so been awesome. That's me. Thank you. Thank you.